God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, here we are, a new episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. It's good to see you. How you doing? I'm doing good, dude. Are you doing a musical production of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Yes, I am. Cool. I'm the Indian which, guy. Which part of your your chief? I'm the Indian You're guy. You're the guy that picks up the sink at the end and throws it out the window. Yeah, you know me. Always picking up sinks, always getting mad at that nurse Ratchet. You know they've got a Netflix series called Ratchet about her. Yeah, I figured that. I didn't know that that's what it was, but I assumed it was tied to One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest. I thought about you last night because uh, I'm doing this... 31 Days of Horror. I do it every year. It's where you pick 31 horror movies and you watch a horror movie an evening. And my movie last night was French Masterpiece 2008's Martyrs. Oh, no. And I wanted to talk to you about something because I had a funny thought while I was watching it. So going into watching the film, I'm not going to lie. I was feeling a little, just a little horny. You ever just feel a little horny? Yeah. And it's no big deal. We're grownups. When you're a kid and you feel horny, you'll stop at nothing to to get to the end of that rainbow. When you're an adult, you're like, oh, I'm just feeling a little horny. Here's what um, <laughs> here's what will stop that horniness dead in, dead in its tracks. A little movie called Martyrs. How many times have you seen that movie? That last night was three, the third time. And, and I thought as the movie ended and I sat through the whole thing, I stomached through the whole thing. And as it ended, I had two thoughts at the same time. One was... It's as good as it was. It's a great movie. It's amazing that it got made. Second thought, I'll never watch it again. Yeah. I'll just never watch it again. It's it's a lot. I mean, I've successfully blocked that movie out of my mind. Like, if you asked me, tell, tell I'm going to give you $10,000 if you can give me the plot of that movie. I can't do it because I've blocked it out. I mean, I sort of remember a, a scene or two, like a pick, a screen grab of it, but I have no idea what happens in that movie. And I don't want to know. Yeah. Well, I won't refresh your memory. And those of you similar to parts of my childhood, I think (laughs) those of you listening out there, you'll have to just investigate for yourself if that sounds like something you might be into. But it got me. So you're watching a you're watching a different horror movie every night. Yeah, I sure am. What's tonight's? I'll have to look at my phone. Tonight's flick. Let's see what tonight's flick is. Tonight's ice cream man. So I want to know. You watch a lot of horror movies, and I stopped watching horror movies the minute I moved into this house 17 years ago out in the country. It's a big house. It's not a huge house, but it's a house that makes noise. You know, it was built in the eighties. It creaks and groans and, you know, I'm, I'm out here sometimes alone and uh, I'll just be sitting here just not, you know, just do minding my own business. And all of a sudden let's hear, I'm like, what the fuck was that? And unknown, just a noise coming from somewhere in the house. So I stopped watching uh, home invasion movies and movies that are really scary with like ghosts and demons and stuff. Right. But I I will watch like, I will watch like Cabin in the Woods or, you know, like a thriller. That one's Or a thriller. Get Out. You know, something, somewhere it's kind of stupid. I know, I'll watch, but like truly scary, like Suspiria or something like that. I'm not watching that. Yeah. Right. I'm not watching. What was the guy that made Midsummer his first movie? The first, it's Ari Aster, and his first movie was Hereditary. Yeah, I'm not watching that. I'm, here's what I'm not watching. You and me are both friends with Katie Featherston. 
I've never watched Paranormal Activity. Just the preview of that makes me like, I can't even watch the preview without starting to get nervous and scared. It's the first two or three are really, really scary. They they did a great job with that. Before we met Katie, Isabel and I used to go every, those used to come out every Halloween and we'd go see it in the theater. It's a great theater experience. Well, never seen it because I'm too scared. I think you were going to ask me a question. You were like, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh yeah. So what are your, in your opinion, what are your, what are the scariest movies? This top five or whatever. The ones that really hold up that I've dipped in on my whole life that really, number one at the top of that list is The Exorcist. Yeah. Which is William Friedkin, 70s, holds up. I mean, a lot of the 70s stuff, Jaws holds up, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. So you're going to put Jaws in there as a horror movie? Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. Jaws is pretty much credited as like the first blockbuster horror film. It's Steven Spielberg, 78. And it it scared the shit out of the fucking world, dude. It changed how people it changed how people vacation. Well, I was eight when we saw it in the theater, and I won't go in any water where there's fish. Exactly. And I'm like in my late thirties, like real late. It, dude, it's super late. <laughs> when I say late thirties, I mean like it's almost time to get up for the new day. You know what's great too about the movie is in cinema history, there are the top ten or whatever like greatest improv lines in movies. And that scene when they when the shark first shows its head and scares the shit out of everybody, and Richard Dreyfuss looks at the guy and goes, we're going to need a bigger boat. Dude, that is such an iconic line. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> you, you know, I think about that every once in a while. Like, at one point, there was no Jaws. Right. And then- It changed made everything. that movie. Yeah. And now everybody knows that movie, and everybody knows that line. And same with, like, The Shining and- Godfather and Scarface and just these movies where like they they show up on the scene and they just completely put a dent in the yeah. world. And by the way, every film you just named is from the 70s. The American filmmaking in the 70s is just the golden age. There's you could name so many more movies than you even did Star Wars and you know that reset things. You know, just reset things. Well, and speaking of that, dude, speaking of that, speaking of okay. speaking okay. of things that happened in the 70s that reset things, how about Eddie Van Halen dying yesterday? D- yeah, that definitely, I mean. Horrible. And, and it sounds horrible, but I don't care. You didn't care? No, didn't care at all. No, I didn't really like David Bowie, but when he died, that really affected me. But Eddie Van Halen dying, all I cared about was like, did he die of COVID? And then I was like, oh, it was cancer. Okay. That's all. I, 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 yeah. Well, I think you're a guitar player, dude. So it'd be like if Tom Waits died, oh my God. Yeah. That would be crazy. But yeah, I mean, Eddie Van Halen's not my hero. Yeah. Yeah. If he wasn't your hero, I mean, surely though, you can appreciate Van Halen. I mean, you can appreciate what they did. And you don't have to be a guitar player to know that he, he definitely reshaped guitar. Uh, Yeah. But again, the reshape. The shape that he reshaped it into, I don't care about. Yeah. Like, I was fine with the shape it was in before he reshaped it. And then when he reshaped it, I was like, yeah, that's an interesting shape, but I don't care. I was Mm. fine with the old shape. Right. Well, you definitely, definitely doesn't sound good what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, that's fine. Dude, I was fine with the shape of the guitar in 1923. Like when Lead Belly was playing it. Mm -hmm. If he was even alive back then, I don't think he was. He would have been like two in 23. 
but whoever was playing it, I was fine with the shape of the guitar then. It's weird when, when it people it's weird when people die that you really do care about though. Like for you, it would be Tom Waits because it feels like so much of of who you might identify yourself as a songwriter was built on that foundation. And so if he's not here, all the records are still there. You never really knew him, but there's a there's a strangeness where it does feel like a part of you is gone. Well, when Kobe Bryant died, that didn't really bring much of a bell for me either. And then, but people were like really you know, took that really, ter- you know, that was really rough for a lot of people. And I finally, I watched something where people were just talking about how great he was. And and then it kind of struck me and I was like, oh yeah, that's quite a loss. And that's going to happen with Eddie Van Halen. Like I'm going to be watching a documentary about him or Van Halen or something. And then it'll be like, oh yeah. Okay. I get it now. Like I'm just not in touch yeah. with the emotional part there at some point it'll probably kick in or something will happen. And I'll be like, Oh yeah. Okay. A quick way that I, uh, that I may be able to crack into it a little bit for you. And maybe some of our, why you want to make me feel bad? Why you want to make me feel bad? <laughs> I don't want to make you feel bad. I want to make, <laughs> why you want to make me cry? Why you want to break my heart? Clint Wells. The thing is when you watch him do all that shreddy stuff, like my, I'm a guitar player and I grew up loving it. But as a, as a, as a, you know, seasoned musician, my threshold for watching a guy go is real, real low. I could not give a shit. But if you just look at a video of him doing that, you can't take mm. your eyes off of it because he brought this really cool magic to it. it. He had a really great sense of melody and he was always really surprising. It wasn't just watching like a, you know, like watching Steve Vai or, or someone or Ingve, like one of these guys, you just glaze over because it's like, who cares? But he doesn't, there's something about him. There's like a little twinkle in his eye that, Makes it really enjoyable and really special. I like his keyboard work on Jump a lot. He's a great keys player. Yeah. I'm joking. No, he was a great keys player. Did you ever hear Right Now? All the piano and Right Now? He did all that? Uh, I'll listen to it later. Well, it's not me that's coming off like a big old grumpy jackass in this episode. That's you. So that's <laughs> no, fine. Dude, I, look, I don't want to take anything away from you or Eddie Van Halen. Obviously, one of the greatest You're not taking anything away time. from me. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, it just didn't really, it didn't, didn't, uh, didn't do anything on the emotions meter for me. The reason I brought up horniness in movies is I wanted, I was curious if you haven't, so the, so Martyrs is the horniness killer, but what are the movies that are like horny movies for you where you're like, not a porno, but like Fast Times at Ridgemont High or what are those movies for you or were for you when you were younger? Mm. I got to be careful because there's the real truth and then, which I'm not going to say. And then there's the, maybe some movies like I just watched big daddy, which uh, in big daddy, Adam Sandler's married to a real hot lady in that movie. Uh, But I think he is in all of his movies, like all of his movies, his girlfriends or his wives are always pretty hot. Well, think about it. If you were writing your own, writing a million movies, if that's what your job was to write and star in movies, wouldn't you cast Someone oh, yeah. fun in that in that role? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Why can't you say what the real movie is? Can't do it. Why? <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. Maybe in the Secret Weekly. Okay, but even there, I don't know. Did you ever see that David Cronenberg movie called Crash? Not the one that won the Oscar. Yeah, that movie is what Martyrs did for your boner. <laughs> that movie did for my boner. Fuck that movie. I find that movie kind of horny. Ugh. No. 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 All right. All right. Okay. I know the movie. Okay. The motherfucking deep from the 70s. Jacqueline Bissett 
um, Jack, not uh, who's the, Nick Nolte and Jacqueline Bissett. They're like, I don't know what the movie's about, but at some point, Jacqueline Bissett dives in the water and comes out with a wet T-shirt. Yeah, I think they're like deep, like divers or something. I don't know what the fucking movie's about. But yeah. Oh, another one, which I, they're all with Jacqueline Bissett. There's one <laughs> called Class. And the movie is about uh, these two kids who go to this private prep school and uh, Jacqueline Bissett is the mom of one of these kids and the other, the kid that's not the son, that's the friend starts having an affair with his friend's mom. Oh man. Sounds kind of like the graduate a little bit. No, the graduate who cares? That lady, great movie and a horny movie. No, it's a great movie, but that lady's not hot in the graduate. Jacqueline Bissett is heist. <laughs> She's heist, dude. Did you ever watch movies when you were a kid with your parents? Like, do you have like movie night where you're all watching a movie and then invariably? That was, by the way, that was my whole childhood. You didn't watch movies without your parents when you're a child. Oh, really? I did. All, I did. I mostly watched movies without my parents. Really. I was a latchkey kid, man. I was a little bit, but I feel like we, I mean, I wasn't going to the movies alone, I don't think. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about going to a theater. I'm talking about like at your house, like watching a yeah. movie on TV. Yeah, we'd be all watching it together at Did night. They, were they ever watching some, like my parents, I felt like we were always watching some adult shit. So there was always like the cover your eyes portion of the movie where there'd be some fucking going on. Or Well, something. my parents took me to go see dracula with christopher lee when i was six that was not a kid appropriate jaws and when i was eight was definitely not kid appropriate like that was the 70s dude <laughs> 70s people didn't give a fuck dude i love madeline khan that's my chick from the 70s Mm-mm. love me some that's, madeline khan dude that's not my jam dude that voice <laughs> like a damn Keebler elf in my in my fantasies we're not really doing a lot of chit chat (laughs) we're not talking about the buttress of Windsor that's there's something we'll talk about in the secret week I'm not gonna bring it up now but I'll tell you what that's all about that Madeline Kahn thing (laughs) the initials are BB by the way the initials of that. I think she's I think she seems really sweet. She's 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 even when she plays kind of a bitch in uh what's up doc, I like her. But I like her in uh, Young Frankenstein and other things that I can't even Wait, remember right now. Am I I may, I'm thinking about the chick who's in uh, Scrooged. Is that Madeline Kahn? You're talking about Carol Kane. Carol yeah, Kane's Carol the chick. K- that's from what Scrooge. I thought you were talking about. Yeah, uh, Madeline Kahn's pretty hot. Like especially when she was younger. She definitely definitely if you're watching her in a movie, you're going to have a bad case of the BBs. <laughs> uh how about Diane Lane in the in the uh uh in no. the Lonesome Dove series? I mean Diane Lane is an attractive lady, but again, I'm looking at Diane Lane Lonesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, here's the thing about Diane Lane. She's like getting up there and she's still very attractive. Very attractive lady. Just like me. Just like me and you. She was wasn't she married to Josh Brolin? Yes. I know that he at one point was a fan when he was he, he was here shooting a movie or something and I met him briefly. But I heard his his wife was also a fan. That Diane Lane. So, I'm holding on to that. I'll be <laughs> done. She's probably she's probably, you know, heard like she, she heard of me once and and for the rest of my life I'm like, "Oh yeah, Diane Lane, secretly a big fan." She uh she loves Ass Knocker. That's her favorite. Is she on our Patreon? 
Hey, I'm glad you brought that up. We got a bunch of new patrons this week that I, I definitely want to give a shout out to and say thank you. Uh, Jessica Crunk, Emily Gunning, Ascaria Monin, who I recognize from Melody Podcast, Natalie, Adam Gwillen, and Jordan Lockett became patrons. So Man, we got we got a whole new cr- dude. We're gonna have to build a bigger secret weekly at some point with all these people. I like how snug it is in there. I like how snug the igloo is. I don't know, man. Eventually, somebody's going to get me tooed right out of there. <laughs> it's tiny. Well, we sure do appreciate you guys over there. We got a couple of messages. So, uh, let me yep. let me let me get back cuz it is we're getting close to Halloween. I do, all right, so Jaws Exorcist is your number one mm-hmm. scariest movie. What else you got? Jaws, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Scary Cannibal Family. One. Yeah, the Toby Hooper one from 77. Horrifying. I mean, that definitely holds up. I think I count Eraserhead. The original Alien, Ridley Scott Alien, super scary. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Sigourney Weaver. Talk about a horny, a horny, horny horror movie. Sigourney Weaver in those first two Alien films. Pretty hot. Is just amazingly attractive. Pretty hot. Just walking around in her undies. What's a what's a horror movie you are willing to watch? So you're saying like the cabin well, I in the watched woods. Horror, I watched horror movies up until I moved in. Up until 17 years ago, I watched horror movies all the time. But now because you live in a kind of a, you get creeped out out there. That's your yeah. problem. The last true horror movie I saw, and still to this day might be the creepiest movie I've ever seen is The Ring. Oh, The Ring is very good. Holds up. Still is very scary. When that chick crawls out of the fucking TV. Ooh, yeah. buddy. Dude, Ooh. I went about four or five years ago, I went to the haunted house here in Austin, which is supposedly like a really good, you know, haunted house as far as haunted houses go. And my my wife really wanted to go. And we're driving down there and she's like, hey, I just want you to know it's probably going to be pretty scary. I'm like, uh, yeah, how scary can it be? There's going to be some people in there. They got some masks on. They can't touch me. How scary is it going to be? I'm going to be more scared in the parking lot. Believe me, dude, the parking lot at that place is real scary. A lot of, lot of, lot of bad times waiting to happen in the parking lot. Dude, we get down there and I do the thing, like the baller thing where I'm like, all right, I'm not standing in this line because the lines are long. It was like an hour long wait. I'm like, what do I, what do I have to pay to skip the line? They're like, oh, yeah, an extra like 50 bucks to skip the line. I'm like, no problem. Here's the cash. And they just they put me and her. They're like, go in that door right there. Now, there's nobody going in that door. That's for the high rollers. So I go in the door with me and Laura. And now we're just in a black hallway, dude. Not, not like a black hallway where it's like, oh, there's like a line or go this way or anything. I'm just in a black hallway with the blackness ahead of me. And you look up and there's fucking blood and gore and shit on the ceiling and the sides of the walls. And I'm like, I ain't going down there. Like immediately, as soon as the door's closed, I'm scared to death already. And I'm like, we're standing right here until that door opens and some other motherfuckers come in here and then we're going to follow them down into the darkness, which is exactly what we did. All we had to do was wait about two or three minutes, which is a long time in a fucking dark fucking room. But finally, four high school kids, two guys and two girls come in and we let them pass right through us. And of course, they're not scared. They're all laughing. They're having a good time. They still have all their hopes and dreams, unlike me. Mm-hmm. And you 
Our dreams are dead and gone, buried long ago, dust, bones. We can dig them up and there's nothing, you hardly can tell. There's maybe a skeleton of what our dreams once were. These kids, fresh dreams. They're laughing. They're full of joy. Their whole lives are ahead of them. They're here to have fun. So they go in and we're like, okay, let's follow them. So now I'm behind my wife and I'm like, don't lose those motherfuckers because they're rolling. I'm like, don't let them out of your sight because they're heading into the darkness. So we start following them. First thing that happens, dude, is that fucking bitch from the ring is there in the hallway. And she's just not saying a word. And you can barely see anything. It's dark as fuck, dude. It's barely, it's like, is that somebody up there? Is that somebody coming my way? And then as they get closer, you're like, oh yeah, that's definitely somebody. Oh, it's the bitch from the ring. Dude, it's the chick from the ring. With like her hair all in her eyes and stuff. It's the chick from the ring. And what's she doing? She's she moving weird. She's just walking down the hallway silently towards us. And then we pass by her. And I don't want to look at her. And she passes by me and then turns around and starts following us. Oh, God. Not saying a word. See, this doesn't sound fun to me at all. Dude, my fight flight reflex immediately triggered. So now I'm like, how do I get the fuck out of here? <laughs> Dude, it lasted for like 20 minutes. Like every f- 10 or 15 seconds, something else was happening. That was, And I was just basically at some point just carrying my wife. Because she wanted to kind of stop. She was having a good time. She was enjoying it all. She was laughing and shouting at the ghosts and chainsaw clowns and all this shit. And I'm just picking her up and trying to not lose these four kids that are in front of us. So I carried her most of the time. And then finally we got the fuck out of there, dude. I, it was lasting forever. I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. Then when we got outside, she was like, okay, well, there's two more. And I'm like, you can go. I'll wait out here in the parking lot and take my chances with these Mexican gangs. God. But until then, (laughs) I'm never going back in there again. I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. She got so mad at me. (laughs) She got so angry. And I'm like, I can't ever go back in there. And then literally for the last four years, she's just never not giving me shit about it. About how scared I was. Because, dude, I was talking so much shit on the way down there, man. I'm like, oh, yeah, how how scary can it be? Dude, real fucking scary. Man, my wife wants to go to one. Dude, there's one. There's one that you can go to. And it's like 13 hours long. No. And my wife. The answer is no. My wife. It's in California. You have to get on a plane. Oh, oh, the other thing. Like a year-long waiting list. And my wife hears about this, and this is the kind of person she is. Other, She's an amazing person, but when it comes to this, this is my wife. Oh, yeah. How do I do that? 13 hours. They torture you. They put you in a fucking box. Right. I, I think they make you pee your pants and shit, and they fucking hit you with stuff. You have to, you have to basically sign a waiver. And it's 13 hours. It's like psychological torture. Jesus Christ. I don't even want to do the 20-minute one. Well, here's the thing about me and probably you, Clint. I can just sit here right where I'm at. And be horrified. And be 
extremely terrified. I don't have to close my eyes. If I close my eyes, great. If I keep them open, great. It don't take much to tip this little tall boy off the scale <laughs> you, into the into the into You know the why? And you know why? Why? Because our bodies are a haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. We live in a haunted house. Dude, you were saying you're doing 30 days of terror. Guess what I'm doing? 365 <laughs> days of terror. It's called me life. <laughs> and guess Good what? God. Guess what, too? We're going to need a bigger boat. That's how I've felt this whole time. We're going to need a bigger boat. Dude, I had to do something recently where I had to put on pants, and I hadn't put on pants literally in six months. Not good. Not good to put on pants? (laughs) Not good to put on the pants I had on six months ago. (laughs) Yeah, things might have changed a little bit, huh? The world, dude, the world's expanding. I don't know if you know this, but we're, we're we're going through space real fast. And then if you put something down for six months and you pick it up, it's smaller. Yeah. The pants shrunk. Yeah. I just bought I just bought nice jeans that look real nice, like show jeans, but they have like an elastic waist. And that, that solved a lot of problems for me mentally. Well, I'm I'm getting on a plane this weekend and I'll be wearing my <laughs> my formal sweatpants where are you going san diego doing a private party for somebody in their backyard it's the first first uh yeah going out there and doing that wow what's on the set list i don't know yet i'm sure they'll they'll let me know what they want to hear but uh yeah traveling hotel rental car all of it see what happens wow It'll be good for you to be good for you to get out there and do something normal. I mean, I've been getting out and doing some normal things recently, and uh, it's weird when you haven't been out, and then you go out and everybody's wearing masks and everything. Which I'm just I haven't been around it that much. Uh, just I've just been staying home most of the time, so it's weird. Yeah, it's strange. It's weird out there for sure. But here's here's what's here's what's amazing. How quickly you just get used to it, and then you mm-hmm. don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. You get used to it, you don't think about it, and you just move on. Pe- people, the human beings, are so quick to adapt, dude. I'm telling you, when all that stuff at the airport got put into practice, like in 2001, like people are like, "Oh, this sucks." You, everybody, like nobody even thinks about it now. Like, you can't even imagine a time when it wasn't like that. I never flew before 9-11, so I, I didn't have anything to compare it to. But, well, but, but I mean, I, I, know, I know what it was like before. I mean, people adapt. People, he, human beings put things places. Human beings are great at taking a thing and finding a place to fucking put it. That's, that's <laughs> what we do. We put things in places, dude. I definitely put martyrs in a place where... But, dude, I went to The Great Escape today, which is like a resell vinyl cassette tape comic book store and i was just putting a little bit of ointment on the eddie van halen boo-boo for myself and i was just putting the eddie van halen thing in a place and today it was at the great escape and i felt really i felt really good when i bought like 13 cassettes i bought like 10 ventures albums wow and it felt really good and then when i was driving home with that eddie van halen vinyl i couldn't find any couldn't find any. Yeah, I'm sure it's all sold out. So I'm driving, and I felt real good when I was buying that. It felt great. I found some really cool weird cassettes, some The Cure cassettes and all this shit. Driving home with the bag next to me in my car, feeling an insane emptiness. Right. A sad, bleak emptiness. Yeah. That was honestly shocking. 
and then I drove here, and then we started this episode. So, welcome, I don't know. Welcome to welcome to midlife. <laughs> by the way, but here's the thing, dude. You're that's you're supposed to feel that that yeah. feeling. Like I was reading something where it was talking about how throughout your life you're supposed to go through these periods of grief where you're grieving the loss of the person that you were person you were as a teenager, the person you were when you were 20 and single, the person that you were when you first got married in your 30s, the single non-father person, the father person who's becoming irrelevant in their child's life. All these milestones that happen as you grow older, you're supposed to grieve the loss of who you were to function and be okay. So, and if you don't do it, if you don't have those feelings of sort of, if you're not feeling that, it's not good. It's like a festering wound that won't heal. And the more you feel, the more you're able to like what you did today, which was like feel that loss of Eddie Van Halen combined with who you are and what's going on in the world or whatever, you're feeling it, dude. And the more you can feel, the better you are going to, the better your life is going to be. Because hmm. it's, it's, if you try to not feel it and avoid it, it turns into poison inside you and cancer or who knows what. So feel away, dude. What a beautiful summation of that feeling for sure. Well, all right. Everyone out there, take care. Let that wave hit you if you need to. Embrace and it. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. You'll come out the other side of it, and you'll still just be you, and it's fine. It won't kill you. That's that's the thing. It won't kill you. You'll be fine. One good thing about feelings, when they hit you, you feel them, but you, it's not like a broken arm. All right. Well, <laughs> that's that's not that's why he didn't write that in that song. He wrote the other thing. Well, thank you to all of you out there who listen and who are on the ride with us. We appreciate you. You can support us by leaving a positive review on iTunes. Doesn't cost you nothing. Easy to do. If you think the show is real cool and you want to buy us a proverbial cup of coffee... You can support us on Patreon. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the letters I-O-K. We're going to kick it now to the Secret Weekly, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. (laughs)